Grab all of your Bibles. We're going to go to the Word of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Y'all excited? Amen. If you were here last week, I started, I guess it's a series. I wouldn't really call it that. But I'm talking about the cast of characters, the cast of people that surrounds this whole Easter slash Resurrection Sunday uh, uh, that we celebrate. And last week we talked about Caiaphas. Amen. Now I'm looking for Brother Sam. Is Brother Sam in the building? Brother Sam's supposed to get me something. Amen. Did, did you get that for me, Brother Sam? All right. Bring, bring that for me. Bring that for me. Amen. And make sure you bring a spoon and, and a cup. Y'all wondering what's going on. Don't worry. Amen. I won't blow up anything today. Amen. But we talked about Caiaphas last week, and we talked about um, the failure of recognition. That when you don't recognize something, that you'll fail to appreciate the thing. You'll fail to understand how the thing is supposed to bless you or you are supposed to be a blessing to it. We talked about how intent shapes content. Remember that? Intent is prior to content. Before a person can receive information, they have already made up their mind and their heart how they're going to shape that information. And we saw how Caiaphas them heard that Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead. But their intention was never to serve Jesus. So after hearing that a man came back from the dead, you would think that they would, re oh, whoa, this is very big, brother. Um, amen. This is, yeah, a, a little glass would have worked. Amen. This could have fit all in there. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Sam. Thank you. Oh. If you eat an ice cream this much, hallelujah, you're going to be at the altar eventually. Amen. <laughs> You eating that much ice cream? Hallelujah! This can't be. A, this can't be a cup. This. I'm just. I'm sorry, y'all. Just give me a moment. This. Where did you find this? Hallelujah! This. This a cup? Can we get a cup? This going. I'm going to crack on this the rest of the service. This going to distract me. The devil is a liar. I bind your cup in Jesus' name, or glass, or whatever that is. Amen. All right. Um, but, but yeah, intent is prior to content and he never wanted. And so the same thing can happen to us. If we're not careful, we've made up our mind about certain people in our lives already. We've made up our mind about our situation already. So no matter what anybody tells you, it, it, it'll just fly in one ear and out because your intent will always shape the content you receive behind every question is a questioner behind every statement. There's a listener. And so you got to be careful what you say and what you do in this life. Amen. Today, I want to talk about one of my favorite cast of characters that surrounds this story. And he goes by the name of Peter. Somebody say Peter. Peter. Come on, say that. Say Peter. Peter. Peter got a long resume. Peter got a long resume. Peter's resume starts out with him as a fisherman. Come on. Hallelujah. Pastor Rich is becoming a fisherman. Hallelujah. Y'all not excited for me. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. Peter was a fisherman, but his resume is, I dare say, bigger than probably any of us could ever claim. Peter's got uh, the, the uh, you know, late, there we go. See, now see, this is it, y'all. Come on, somebody give God a praise. This will keep you from the altar. Please take this. Please, please. 
I just need one of these two. See, you can't do two. Amen. See how the devil be sneaking another one in there? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Peter's resume is humongous. And uh, I mean, it's impressive, right? He's labeled as one of the apostles. Peter's one of the writers of the Bible that God used, one of the men that God inspired. Come on, how many of us can say that? But then it goes even further. Peter actually walked on water. Come on, how many of you got that in your resume? We've tried it all. All of us have been to the pool and tried it. Come on. No, I'm the only. No, you didn't try that, Savannah? Yeah, but we all tried that. And then you fell right in. Not only that, it goes further. Peter was the only man who rebuked Jesus. Who got that on their resume? Well, maybe we might have that on our resume. <laughs> but his resume is long and impressive, and I just want to read a little bit of his life today. Amen? I want you to jump with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 26, verse 31. And we're going to read there. It says... Then Jesus told them, this very night you will fall away on my account, on the account of me. That's, that right there is a sermon. You will fall away on account of me. How does one go from walking on water to falling away. Some of you said, I bet if I walked on water, I'd serve the Lord forever. Mm, don't be so quick to think miracles make you believe. Because you see miracles every day. And we still struggle to believe. Come on, somebody. This very night, this very night, you will fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd. And the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Oh, but verse 32, hallelujah, I just like how it reads. But after I have risen, come on somebody. But after I have, but after I have risen, but after I have risen, hallelujah, I will go ahead of you in Galilee. Here comes Peter. Now, I just got to believe that if Jesus just said this night, this is going to happen. Guess what? It's going to happen. But watch Peter. Peter replied. Even if all. Now he's in a room with the other 12. So who you think he's referring to? Even if all. He's looking at the rest of them like, you might be talking to them. <laughs> I'm Peter. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm Peter. He said, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Not me. Look at what Jesus said to him. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, 
you will not only disown me once. He did the LeBron. Not once. Not twice. No LeBron fans in this church. God is moving. Hallelujah. <laughs> he said, not once, not twice, but three whole times tonight, Peter. Look at Peter, y'all. Look at Peter. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And he's talking all that, and here comes the rest now stepping up. And all the other disciples said the same. We will die with you. Uh, but this very night, he said, every one of you will fall away on account of me. You might be wondering why I got my ice cream up here. And I'm not going to eat this. I'm probably going to give it to somebody else. Amen. Hallelujah. But this is straight from the freezer. I could tell because my hand cold. That was a joke, y'all. Hallelujah. And right now, it is very solid. Amen. Bring out the ice cream we brought for everybody and just begin to share it out. I'm kidding. I knew it was going to wake you up, though. I knew it was going to get you excited. Amen. Right now, it's solid. Solid. If I throw it at you and bang you in the head, it'll hurt you. It's solid. It's solid. It's been in a fridge. Fridge was the freezer was what it knew. Here's the thing. If this ice cream had a voice and spoke based on its surroundings and where it's been, it'll probably tell me I will forever remain solid because it's in the freezer. I will never change. But I'm on the outside, and I know some things about it that it don't know about itself. I also know that placed in certain environments, what you might do or what you might change into. And if it spoke and said, you crazy, I've been solid since they made me. Because all you ever knew was one environment, but now you're in another environment. And I give, if I give you time, you will not become solid. You'll become liquid. And it argues with me. Now, here's the thing. It's sincere because it is speaking based on what it knows. And sometimes when you are speaking from your lens, you can be sincere. But here's what I want to talk to you about today. You can be sincerely wrong. Can you come get this ice cream off stage before I start eating, hallelujah, in the middle? Can we bow our heads and close our eyes and pray today? I want to talk to you from the topic, sincerely wrong today, amen? Father, we bless your name. We give you praise. We give you thanks for all that you are. And I just ask that you would move in this house. Help us, Father, Lord, to begin to 
really not just speak from our situations and our current circumstances. There is someone on the outside who knows what we are truly made of, who knows, God, the places we will eventually move to, who knows the environments you will bring us to. You know, God, what it would take to keep us so, Father, help us today, Father, that when we speak, we speak from your perspective and not ours. For you have the right perspective. A songwriter said, who has the final say? Come on, somebody. And the answer is Jehovah has the final say. You have the final say over my life. You have the final say over this world. You have the final say over every circumstance. You have the final say. And for this, we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Sincerely wrong. Sincerely wrong. You know, when Jesus met Peter, he met him in Matthew chapter 4 on a boat. And we're not going to read that, but Peter was fishing and he didn't catch a thing. And if anybody should know how to fish would be an experienced fisherman. So when he, when he was coming back, the Bible said he was washing his net. That means he gave up. He's quitting time. You know, some preachers get deep with that. You ever, you ever feel like giving up? I don't know if he gave up on fishing, period. But that day for sure, he stopped fishing because there was nothing to catch. The fish had gone. They, they came to where I live. And so he, he hung it up, but Jesus came walking. How I many you know that when Jesus shows up, hallelujah, the circumstance can be what it is, but if Jesus speaks, the circumstance change. We serve a God who don't have to bow to the current circumstance. That, do you know by one word God could fix it all? That if God wanted to, by one word, everything must obey him. He's all powerful. And he came to these men and he said, oh, y'all, y'all tired. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to launch out into the deep. Go out and throw the net. And they did that. When they did that, the Bible says they pulled up so much fish that the boat began to sink. That's a lot of fish, y'all. And they started calling boats from everywhere. And then when they were done, Jesus stepped on the boat. And Peter turned to him and Peter said these words, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. And one thing you see about Peter from day one that we all can relate to is that we always look at God in light of ourselves. What does that terminology in light of? People always say that in light of. What does it mean? It means to shed light on something and let the light of that thing determine the other thing. Do you follow that? So, so we always look at God by shedding light on who we are first. So, so when it comes to if God could use me, we usually look at our qualifications. If God will ever give me a breakthrough, we always look at what we did last week. We always look at our own lives first to determine how God is going to move with us. 
And the first thing Peter said, and this continues throughout his life, was depart from me because when I look at myself, no way somebody as powerful as you should be even in my presence. But he missed it. It's not that he's in your presence. It's that he's allowed you to be in his presence. And here's my first point. Don't look at God in light of yourself, but look at yourself in light of God. You see, when you look at you, you're going to see that you're imperfect. You're going to see the sins you committed. You're going to see your failures. You're going to see your, your sicknesses. You're going to see everything that gives you reason to believe that God can't use your life. But if you look at God in light of you, you'll see there's a God who took a murderer by the name of Moses. And y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this house. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. You will see a God who took a, a terrorist by the name of Paul who killed people in the name of religion and caused them to write uh, two-thirds of the New Testament. When you look at God, you see a God who sees men and women who fell into sin and said the seed of the woman shall bruise them. You see a way maker. You see a healer. You see a forgiving God. You see a God who men mocked him and spit on him and despised him, still utter these words. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And when you begin to see God in light of yourself, your sins and your past fall short in front of who he is. Come on, somebody. And Peter didn't understand that. That's why Jesus never answers your insecurity. When Moses said, God, I, 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 who am I? I can't lead these people. I can't talk. I'm so this and so that. God never once addressed his issues. God said, I am that I am. In other words, you're missing the point. I didn't call you because you were capable. It's never you. It's me. That's why the Bible says, he who begun a good work is able. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but if God begun something in your life, where's faith in this house today? He's able to complete it in your life. It is not you. I'm sorry for the many people that made you feel like you have to qualify to come to God. The oldest thing we tell people in, in the book is you never take clean clothes to a laundromat. Who does that? The people going to be looking at you crazy. You actually going to put soap and water on that? There's no use because it's cleaned already. And if you're perfect, then you don't need perfection because you got it already. God is looking for availability, not ability. He's looking for hearts to say, I want to be used by him. Man, and no time like the present to be used by God. Pandemic's raging. Hallelujah. Doctor's showing back up. I don't know why. Hallelujah. That's a sidebar. Hallelujah. You, you get it? You get it. Uh, 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 wars and rumors of wars and constant everything happening. You know what should be on the front line right now? The body of Christ. The body of Christ. If ever you've asked God to be. See, this is how I know people don't really want God to use them. Well, at least when you ask to be used, be prepared to feel used. When you ask God to be used, you meant feel like a superstar at the end. You said, God, use me. It's going to be good. Watch what I'm going to do. 
When you ask whoever meets a, a, a they spouse or, or meets a boyfriend or a girlfriend and say, you know what, I want you to use me. <laughs> you hear how ridiculous that sounds? But when you do it to God, you've got preconditions. But this is the time to be used by God. The kingdom is ready for the army to stand up. And he said, get off my boat. I'm sinful. And Jesus never answered the issue. Jesus said to him, follow me and you will become fisher of men. What you just did, I don't care what's happening in your life. The way you just pulled fish onto this boat and broke this boat, men are going to come by the thousands because of you. Oh, we going somewhere with this. Here's another uh, part of his life. Here's another part of his life. This part of his life, the, the highlights of Peter's life. One time, Jesus told him after he did a miraculous thing, he said, get into the boat and meet me on the other side. They got into the boat, and in the middle of the ride to the other side, the Bible says a storm arose, one of hurricane proportions. Why would Jesus, number one, send you on a boat if he knows there's a hurricane coming? I want you to know that when you serve Jesus, he's going to send you in storms sometimes. I'll leave that alone. They're on the boat. A storm is raging. These are fishermen. They're trying to keep the boat afloat. They thought they were going to die. And the Bible says, as they look over, they saw a ghost. And they became terrified. But when they looked closer, it was Jesus walking on water. Here's the thing about how the story reads. He wasn't walking to the boat. He was ignoring them. It was almost like Jesus saw the boat and said, I just got to get to the other side. He kept walking, and it was Peter who recognized him and said, Master, if that's you, I don't know what got in this man's mind, but I like it. He said, if you could walk on water, whatever's causing you to do that, I want to be able to do that. He said, bid me to come on the water. And Jesus looked at him and said, you want to be a water walker? Just come. This story, I could never unpack what's really happening here. And Peter just lifts his foot out. The, they're in a storm. They're in a storm. The winds ain't died. See, we, when you think of the story, you think, oh, the storm stopped that moment. And it calmed, and they're on nice water. The storm never stopped. It's still rocking them. And Peter says, I want to walk above the waves. I want to get on top of the storm. So he gets out the boat. He's walking on the water. And then the Bible says, this is my proof that the storm didn't stop. But when he heard and saw the wind and the waves. In your mind, in your Hollywood mind, it started back. Good movie, guys. Never stop. And when he heard it, the Bible says that he began to sink. When his eyes were on Jesus, he was walking on storms. It doesn't mean there was an absence of storms. Catch that. It wasn't mean there was an absence of problems. 
It doesn't mean things aren't going to come your way. But he was on top of it when his eyes was on Jesus. I'm reminded of a scripture that says he will keep you in perfect peace. Those whose mind is fixed on him. That's why you can't afford to let anything in your ear gates and your eye gates. If you want to know why you're constantly feeling anxious and worried about the world, stop watching the news. If you spend hours scrolling, that's why you're probably always depressed. Whose life are you looking at? That doesn't equal yours. Look at their family. You have no idea. Look at his car. You don't even know how much he works just to pay for that car. That car could easily become a slave driver in his life because it's got him in debt. You have no idea. And when you don't protect the gates, when you don't guard the gate, guard the gates, you don't let anybody in your house. And those you let in can only go to certain rooms. Come on, if the Verizon man come tomorrow to install the files, you ain't going to tell them, hey, man, go lounge in my, my, my master bedroom and kick your feet up on the bed. If you came home and saw the right, you're going to be like, bro, bro, if you don't want me to get this shotgun, hallelujah, you better leave. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But what you do for your physical house, you don't do for your spiritual house. You allow any enemy and any voice in there and anybody to tell you and anything to say whatever in your mind. Hallelujah, my brother Cole Campbell said something so powerful the other night. He said when he stopped listening, he started listening. Woo, that was good, hallelujah. And I want you to know that when you keep your eyes on Jesus, you're above the storm. Here's my second point, y'all. Here's faith elevates, but fear devastates. Come on, somebody. Faith elevates. When you start believing in God and what he says, you start to move up. The minute you take your eyes off of him, you start to sink. And I want you to know that he begun to sink at that time. Keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus. And the Lord Jesus grabbed him and saved him. Every time Peter looked at himself, he missed it. And every single time, Jesus pulled him up. Here's another time in his life. Jesus is walking with the disciples. And he did one of these checks. He turned to them. This story is found in Matthew 16. We're going somewhere with all of this. He turned to him and he said to his disciples, Who do men say that I am? And they begun to say, Well, you know, currently the consensus of who you are is some say you're a prophet. Some say you're like Elijah. Come back. You're this, you're that, you're that, you're that. And they went on and on. And they said everything Jesus, uh, the world is saying about Jesus. And you know, the world's got a lot to say about who Jesus is. But Jesus flipped the question. And he said, it doesn't matter what they say. The people that come to church every Sunday, it matters what they say. He says, but who do you say that I am? And it was Peter who spoke up. Peter said, you are the Messiah, the Christ, 
the son of the living God, the one that was sent here to do this work. And Jesus said, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Your name is Peter Petrus Rock. You are, it means small rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Here's my third point to you today. Revelation brings construction. He got a revelation and God says, as a result of what God has revealed to you, I am going to build on it. Oh, who am I talking to in this place? You know, that's true in life. You can only build on what you know. You're probably destroying based on what you don't know. Do you know how many people right now are mad at you because they never heard your side of the story? You know how many relationships are broken because the truth was never revealed? You know how many marriages are going to the drain because people just won't be patient enough to listen and give grace? You will build based on how much you know. How many of us always say, if I had this, if I, if I knew this, if I knew what I knew now, when I was, I would have been much further. Y'all ever said that? If I only knew what I knew now when I was 16, I would have been a millionaire. Here's something I want to throw out there. You know it now. And you're still broke. Bro bro Nothing, ch 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 chicken, chicken, change. Maybe there's something else that needs to be revealed about you. Because whenever I say, man, I wish I knew this and then I start to know it now, I automatically don't give myself an excuse for why I can't. Because you know it now. If the problem was knowing, then you should have gotten it done. And then God reveals, it's not knowing, it's l l lazy. <laughs> it's get up. I don't say nothing to me in this place. It's your attitude. It's your unwillingness to call people and apologize. There's some strange laughs going on over there. <laughs> Lord moving in that section. <laughs> But when you get the revelation, construction begins. God says, you're Peter. Your name means rock. Now, some people took this doctrine and said God wanted to build on Peter as the first and, and made him the, the, the pillar of the church. That's not what he meant. If Peter never got the revelation, he wasn't building on Peter. It's the revelation. And once the revelation is present upon this revelation of who I am, the church is not built on Peter, this guy who says he's a sinner, this guy who listens to winds and waves. The church is built on who Peter sees Jesus is that was revealed from the Father. It's built on the fact that he is the Christ. But can you believe we didn't even skip a whole page in the Bible yet? And as they walked along, the same man who just said, you are son of the living God, Jesus said, cool, this is it. They get it. I must now go to the cross and die. And Peter was the one who said, hold on. Excuse me, fellas. Jesus, come. I know you know me as a fisherman, but you see this sword? 
nobody killing you. So you could stop all that death talk right now. Because we got your back, Jesus. He thought Jesus was going to dap him up and be like, Peter, mind you, mind you, mind you. You know what I mean? Peter's mind you. Yeah. He thought G Peter was going to be like, see, that's why I picked you, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's why you, we the squad now. He doing all that, you will never die. No one will kill you. No one say that. Jesus turned and say, Satan. This is the voice of the devil speaking through you. Get thee behind me, Satan. And can you imagine Peter feeling like he's doing God a favor? The audacity of Christians to think that what they do did God a favor? Here's my next point, y'all. Here's my next point. You can't follow and lead Jesus. He's following Jesus. You're the, you're the Christ. Now let me tell you how you're going to be the Christ. You're my God. Now let me tell you how you could be God in my life. Who am I talking to? Y'all quiet today. When they say preacher, when they quiet, it's because it's hitting hard. It's slapping from left to right. Don't worry about it. So somebody getting thumped right now. I, I couldn't find a better word there. Text me one later. Here's what you could say in place of thump. Somebody will text me that later too. Amen. But, but, but seriously, right? You can't, you can't. Let God be in your life and tell him what you want. And I'm afraid. And sister left the Lord. And brother gave up on Christ. After preaching for someone. And then they make the internet videos. I used to be a part of the church. And I left because I prayed so many times. And it just never worked. <laughs> now many times I pray? Never worked. Never worked. We got to examine what that means. You mean he didn't do what you told him? Because all things work together for good to them that love God and are called. We're this part, not according to your purpose. We love that all things work together, but we forget it's not working for your purpose. You know, I was in a church and, and people walk away from the faith because the idea of Christ is as long as you do what I say, I'll follow. You can go from getting a revelation from God to being Satan in a heartbeat. In a, don't ever tell yourself you've arrived. Come on, somebody. Jesus rebuked him. You can't follow and lead Jesus at the same time. And then in Matthew 26, where we get to, here's another highlight from his life. Jesus is getting ready to die. Jesus turns to all of them and says, this night, because scriptures predicted 
that he's going to strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered, you will fail. And Peter stood up and said, I will never leave you. You know what Peter is like? The ice cream that was always in the freezer. He's always speaking, looking at his own self. He's never stopping to see there's a guy outside who is telling you things you don't know, who has a bigger insight that you will never be able to grasp, and he never, ever stops to hear it in light of God's perspective. But he's sincere. Peter's sincere. In the next few minutes, you see how sincere he is. A man came to arrest Jesus. Jesus, Peter took his sword out. Peter was a terrible swordsman or a great one. Because I don't know how you that ill to get the exact ear. He was probably aiming for the head. It was the grace of God. God, you able to read and God put his whole head back on. Y'all ain't say nothing to me. He got his ear, and, 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 and Jesus put the man's ear back on and said, like, he didn't even, this, Jesus, this always stops. Because Jesus didn't even address the man's ear or nothing and be like, my bro, sorry about that. You know? Like, Jesus just smacked the ear on and said, Peter, <laughs> if you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. In other words, if you live in the freezer, you don't start living according to what I'm saying, you always going to sink, Peter. Who in this room is constantly always living in the freezer of your mind? Living in the voices of this world? Living in the, the depression that the, the world... Listen, if God says something, it's going to happen. God told Peter from Matthew 4, you're going to be a fisher of men. You know what? This story isn't going to end until Peter is a fisher of... Because if he doesn't become one, God is a liar. At some point, you got to let every devil and every man be a lie. And let God's word be true in your life. I don't know who I'm talking to. Maybe you're texting on your phone. Maybe you're, you're, you're looking around. But who's listening to me in this house? Who God has spoken in your life some things? Oh, he's a good God. Now, he was sincere. And there are people in this world that are sincere. And sincerity can breathe what's happening to him every time. Arrogance. People who are in marriages, you sincerely are fighting that point with your spouse. Been there. Been there a lot of times with Sherry. I, got, I, put, I, I, know, I know I should calm myself down, but I got to let her know. Because it will continue if I don't state how I feel. And you're sincere. But has it ever dawned on you, my man? Go bring your sincereness down. And reflect on it and see if there's another perspective you can see it from. You know how many people in the world right now with all the controversies that's going on, they're sincere. I, they, they, they're so triggered. They see a post and they're like, I got to say something about this. See, this is why I did it. And you post and you're sincere. Only 10 minutes later, you come and see it was fake news. But you were sincere. 
It was sincere. Look what news they post. Repost it so they can know I'm right. You sincere. News, they got all types of agendas. You ain't know. Then they come, we, six months later. And when you see the correction, I bet you ain't reposting that. Ain't nobody going to say nothing in the church of Jesus Christ. Nobody going to come on, rich work up. Hallelujah. The point I'm trying to make to you is be careful when you're so zealous and passionate about something you feel that you don't wait to hear God's point of view on what you're feeling. Do you know how many times I sincerely want to argue my point with Sherry? And I, I'm doing better, right? You got to help me. I'm in front of the church. I'm going to argue this with you later. And I'll give myself some time and I'll come back and I would introspect and say, I'm sorry for this, 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 and that. And she would say, okay. Part of me is like, you're not going to say nothing you're sorry for? <laughs> I'm sincere. When I want to argue and fight, it saves my marriage. Because I'm constantly working on me in light of him. I'm not working on people in light of me. I'm not working on people, and that's what we do. We work on people in light of what we feel. And so that's why we always bitter and angry. Our whole social media post is based on the anger we want to show to other people. Who we avoid, who we unfollow, who we unlike. Move social media out the way. The things we do can be based on that. Because of the sincerity of what you're feeling. But is your feeling only confined to a freezer? And God wants to bring you to a next environment. And he's trying to talk to you to tell you how to prepare for it. You're going to turn liquid. And before you turn liquid, be aware. Don't worry though. I'm still with you. I will never leave you. I'm here to protect you. I'm going to be the one, hallelujah, to guide you. But instead, no, no, no. So when change happens, you didn't believe him. And this is what happens to Peter in the next phase of his life because now he finds himself in the courtyard. And Jesus is being accused of all types of stuff in the trial. And they're telling him all sorts of stuff. And uh, somebody comes up and says, Hey, weren't you one of the dudes that was with him? And Peter... This Peter who walked on water. Peter looked and said, me? I know not this the manist. I don't know him. Moves to another part in the courtyard. But watch him. Now, Peter never denied who Jesus was. He just denied being connected to it. Because can I talk today? Because sometimes faith goes deeper than just a water walking experience. You see, he didn't just say, follow me and I'll make you fishes of men. But he said, any man who wants to be one of mine must take up. Faith comes to a place where God wants to see, are you willing not only to walk on water, but to take a cross? 
And he's not doubting who Jesus is, but he saw him walk on water, so therefore I see that. But now he's about to die. I've never seen him get up. So I'm not doubting the revelation of who he is, but just in case they arrest me too and kill me and he can't get up, And that's what faith is, when you don't see it, but do you believe it? And people always say, why should I come to the Lord? Why should I come to Christianity? Prove it to me. Stop arguing with people who want logics, because faith doesn't begin with that. It begins with belief. That's why when people say, I want to talk to you, Pastor Rich. I want to show you why you're wrong. Have a good day. Because I believe. I believe. I believe. And because I believe, I see. Seeing is believing to you. But believing is seeing to me. Oh, who am I talking to? And now he's in the courtyard and somebody else says, he was with him. No. And look at what the Bible says on the third time. Matthew 16, verse, uh, uh, Luke 22, verse 60. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. But that's not the part that impresses me. It's the next part. And the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. So Peter, he doesn't, he see Jesus for the first time being beaten, clothes ripped, smacked, spit on, everything they could possibly humiliated, he's not saying nothing, he feels Jesus has lost control. When it happens and the rooster crows and he hears it, Jesus stops in the middle of that situation to turn to Peter's situation to say, I'm in every situation. So God is not just busy with what's happening in the Ukraine and with Russia. He still knows what's happening in your house. He's not just busy about a pandemic. He knows, come on, somebody. God is concerned with everything. And there's nothing so big that he's not in full control of. And when the rooster crows and Peter is, is denying him, he turns and looks at him and says, I am always in control. And can you imagine how Peter felt at that moment? It tells you how he felt. The Bible says, and he turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord had spoken to him. But that's good. It's good that something has to happen for you to begin to remember the word. Even if it hurts you in the moment, it brings you to remember. The, he spoke it and it must come to pass. If he said it, it's got to happen. And he ran outside, the Bible says, and he wept bitterly. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Here's my sixth point. I'm almost done. You are not keeping God. It is God who is keeping you. Come on, somebody. You are not keeping God. 
It is God who is keeping you. Here's another point. Don't let failure become final. Get up. Get up. I hate when I do it because when I watch back the film and stuff, I'd be like, yo, why your face look like that? <laughs> Cry a little more civil. Too many people let fail, their failure become final. Some people find their identity in failure because you like the attention you get from failure. It's easy to preach about the failings of Peter because half of us can relate to them. But from here on out is rejoicing. And when you fail, you tend to go back to things you're familiar with. Even in me wanting to revitalize some things in my life that the Lord said, I wasn't finished with you. Go do them. As I start immediately, I feel the spirit of failure trying to attack my mind. And I revert to old ways. Every area of my life, that happens. And I know if it happens to me, it happens to you. Trying to be healthy recently. The other day, Shy come home from school, takes a donut, heat up the donut, take ice cream, dump ice cream on the donut. He about to, I said, oh Lord, you're going to have to help me in these trying times. Because I'd have been right there next to my guy with two donuts and more ice cream. You revert to old habits. I want to do a concert. I want to do it big. I got the whole map out. I got the, the whole plan. I got how, the experience I want to give to the audience. I want to, I want to, you know, bring back some stuff. And I'm planning, I'm planning like, nobody ain't going to come. Just cancel the thing. And then you turn around and have the building sold. But it's that mind, right? And everything that you think you're going to fail at and you fear when you live on, you realize, what was I scared of? Do it. You get one life to live. Failure should never be final. An old preacher said to me this week, she called me up. She uh, does this bike ministry. I don't know how. Bless the Lord. Bless her heart. So they doing this big, you know, summertime, the bikers come out. So they got a big biker rally coming up. And they say, we want you to come. I said, me? At a biker? I said, Lord, have your way. And she said, I want you in there and I want you to preach the gospel. So the leader of the biker club said, send me his videos. He saw, he said, yeah, we want you. I said, you, 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 you hear what I'm saying, right? Said, we want that the world is ripe for change but if you look at yourself in light of you you won't see it in light of what God is saying God is seeing that the world is ready for change but you saying I'm not ready I'm a sinner and he's saying I'm gonna make you a fisher of men well they say nothing to me and the preacher said to me this week in talking she says you know I want you to remember this use this in your sermon I said I got you I'm gonna use it Sunday this is what she said 
He said, if you ain't failing, you ain't trying. And if you ain't trying, you ain't failing. They go simultaneously together. The beauty is to live. Live. Live and let God do what he's got to do in your life. Who am I talking to in here? And failure is not final. And especially when you know the Lord Jesus, his grace never stops coming after you. I want to show you one of my favorite verses from the life of Peter. It's found in the book of John. Not in the book of John. In the book of Mark, chapter 16, verse 6. Jesus has rose from the dead. And look at what the Bible says. As they came to the tomb, this is what it says. The man at the tomb said, don't be alarmed. He said, you are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples. Wait a minute. Who are his disciples? Twelve guys. That includes who? But that's not what that reads. Tell his disciples... And there's another one bitterly weeping who don't feel like a disciple right now. If it's going to be the disciples, it ain't going to be. And he's so concerned. Hallelujah. Your failure is not final. Here's my last point and I'm done. God's word over his people is unstoppable. And Peter went back to familiar grounds. Peter said in the book of John, I'm going fishing. Jesus dead. Going fishing. He's risen and I ain't seen him. I'm going fishing. They say he's risen. I see an empty tomb, but I don't see him. I'm going fishing because that's what I know how to do. I complain, I fight, I blame everybody. I tell everybody it's your fault why nothing ever happens. I do all of this. I'm going back to what I know. And they said, we coming with you. They all get on the boat. And the Bible says, a man came walking on the shore. And they couldn't catch any fish. This story is familiar. They're fishing and fishing and nothing was being caught. And a man from the shore says, toss the net on the right side. And when they did, it was so much fish. And one turned and said, it's the master. And Peter jumped out the boat, whether or not I could walk on water or not. I'm coming to Jesus. And he goes to Jesus and he sits there and the Bible says they begun to make a meal. And Jesus stopped and says, do you love me? He says, yeah, yeah, of course I love you. He says, feed my lamb. Do you love me? He says, Father, Master. Yeah, he said, then feed my sheep. Then he asked him a third time and the Bible says Peter was hurt. But this time he answered, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, Peter, feed my sheep. 
He was sincere, but he was sincerely wrong. But God took him through all of that so that he can see that everything God has to say, God doesn't lie. And God said this, you will be a fisher of men. And I want you to know that if God has said something, it is unstoppable. Because on the day of Pentecost, when they were all gathered in one room, and the Spirit of God fell and they spoke in other tongues. And people outside said, these men are drunk. It wasn't John. It wasn't Matthew. The Bible says it was Peter who stood up and walked outside and said, listen, men of Galilee, these men are not drunk. As you suppose, for it is only the middle of the day. But what you see right here, this is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel. And in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. This is Peter preaching. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men shall see dreams and dream visions. And the Bible said, that that day he preached his heart out that 3,000 men gave their heart over to Jesus. I'll make you. He broke the church. If Peter preached that first Sunday, we'd need more than a new building. Peter's first sermon already destroyed what we do in here. When God says something over your life, be sincere about his word not what your situation is. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? All over this room, I don't know who I'm talking to. But if you need a word of prayer, just stand where you are. I'll pray for you right here. And if you're watching and you need a word of prayer at home, right where you are in your living room, in your car, at your workplace, wherever you are watching this, I pray that the Lord would touch you right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, God, you see all the folks that are standing right now, and you see all those that are watching. God, help us to be more sincere about your word than we are about our own situation, than we are about our own feelings. I thank you, God, that failure is not final in my life. And I thank you that your grace will forever come after me. Help me to get it. That what you said in my life, no devil in hell can stop it. And what you said you're going to do in my life, nothing's going to stop it. But most of all, help me, like Peter, to not only want to be a water walker, but to become somebody who will bear the cross as well. In that same chapter in John, after you told him to feed your sheep, you also told him how he was going to die. You told him the death he would die. Isn't it crazy, God, that he failed you because he was failing to identify with your suffering. And when you restored him, 
You told him how he was going to die, and he never ran from it. God, may we follow you wholeheartedly and trust you. You see in this room, every problem that is represented, every request that is being made, everything that people stood up for, I just pray that you would have your way in their lives. Everyone on the internet watching God, whatever they're facing, have your way. If you're watching and you're in the building and you've never asked Christ into your heart, I want you to pray with me loud. Say with me, say, Father God. Come on, church, pray with me. Say, Father God, I ask you to come into my life and forgive me of every sin. I confess that you are Lord and that you died and that you rose again, that my failure will not be final. Transform me. Help me to not look at myself, but to be sincere about what you've said about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody give Jesus a round of applause in this place. Hallelujah, come on, come on. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lift your hands to heaven all over the room. Hallelujah. April 15th is Good Friday, April 17th, Resurrection Sunday, and May 21st is the Still Rich Concert. We can't wait to see you at all these events. Please like and subscribe, and don't forget, in the midst of the crisis, we are focused on who Christ is. Bye.